1: there. It's Monday, 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 brand new week. Glad you're here as always with us on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Vince D'Addario is usually here with me to start the week, but uh, he is on vacation today. I'm going to be on vacation next week. And by the time I get back, I'll be gearing up for the start of Notre Dame's fall training camp because as of right now, we're just 47 days away from Notre Dame against Ohio State, which means two weeks from today when I return from my vacation, we'll be 33 days away from the kickoff to Notre Dame and the football season. So looking forward to that. Before I go any farther, of course, the quick reminder, hit the like button, subscribe, rate us, like us, follow us on whatever platform you happen to be on. Do appreciate you. Thanks for listening as always. So no Vince today and uh, nobody else for that matter. For a little bit, anyway, all the pinch hitters are working tonight. So a little bit different show than usual tonight. But uh, coming up in a few minutes here, I'm going to have an interview with the new Notre Dame baseball coach Sean Stifler. That is that is on the way. If you're watching live on the uh, the YouTube right now, you know, feel free maybe to throw in a question or two if you have any. We you know try to get to some here tonight. Uh, hope you had a good weekend. Though we went to uh, Chicago. Saturday night, saw the comedian John Mullaney at the United Center. First time there, uh, first time seeing him. I've seen some of his Netflix specials and stuff like that, it, but uh, pretty good show, pretty good show all the way around. I thought kind of laid low yesterday. It was rainy here in town, you know, so uh, not a whole lot going on, but something kind of cool happened yesterday. And that's what I kind of wanted to start off with first today. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, you may have seen some pictures that I posted yesterday, Sunday. Anyway, you know, they were from a bowling event here in town that took place Sunday morning. So my daughter has special needs and, you know, she's very personable, likes to talk a lot, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, but she has both developmental delays and some, some medical and physical issues as well that force her, you know, she uses a power wheelchair to get around outside the house. She uses a walker to get around inside the house, but she's involved in, A few different programs here in the area that kind of keep her involved, doing some different things, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And one of those is a place called the Rosie Place. And so yesterday they're doing this bowling event and at one of the local bowling alleys. I don't have to say which one, but my wife signed my daughter up for the event and head out to get there at 10 o'clock yesterday morning. So it's like, oh, cool. You know, there's going to be some bowling and stuff like that. You know, she always has fun doing that kind of thing. So they get there and all of a sudden there are these big guys in green t-shirts who start rolling in. And the next thing you know, well, it's not just big guys in green t-shirts. It's Marcus Freeman as well. That's right. The head coach, of course, of the Notre Dame football team. So it turns out that all those football players were there to help out with this bowling event. And it wasn't just football players. There were also some athletes from other sports, like Dara Mabry, Sonia Citron from the Notre Dame women's basketball team were there. And, you know, and again, some athletes from some of the other sports as well. But, you know, the majority were football players, though, but they were there. And what they were there to do was help out all these special needs people with their bowling. Like they have these, I should have imported the pictures to the youtube so you could see them but they have these if you've ever you know been to one of these bowling alleys they have these assistive devices they're that's like a metal ramp and so if you can't actually throw the ball you can you know set the ball on the ramp and then it rolls down the alley and and does that you know kind of thing down the alley and of course if you're in a wheelchair you know you probably need something like that so they're out there helping these special needs people with their bowling and laughing joking having a good time with them and all this different stuff and so Again, like you can see, post my name, you know, in the YouTube, Sean Styers, at Sean Steyers is my Twitter handle. You can see those photos if you'd like to, but you can see in the pictures that I posted, Marcus Freeman's there, hands on. He's out there helping. You know, he kind of started off doing a little bowling, stuff like that. JD Bertrand is there. Tyler Buckner is there. Plenty of others as well. And it's specific to my daughter, a guy named Eddie Scheidler, who's a walk on uh, safety. Was uh, was out there helping as well. Got a little insight, by the way, on uh, what they said. The toughest part of summer training, uh, weights in the morning is is uh, relatively easy, is what they said. But uh, it's the running in the afternoon because it gets hot and muggy. And like if you are in South Bend right now, it's it's been a little warmer and muggier today, and it's like that out there right now. So weights in the morning is the easy part, but then you get to the afternoon when it's out there in the heat of the day and the muggy humidity and all that stuff, that's, that's the harder part. But, you know, again, so you've got all these athletes out there and head coach Marcus Freeman helping out at this special needs event at the bowling alley. It's pretty cool. You know, not unheard of. Brian Kelly's teams did some of that kind of stuff in the past. You know, sometimes you'd see Brian Kelly, sometimes you wouldn't. But the difference between those Brian Kelly events and yesterday is yesterday was basically an incognito event. You know, when Brian Kelly did that kind of stuff, the media was usually alerted in advance, you know, not to tell the public about it. But what? To make sure there were cameras there to take pictures and shoot the video for the TV and reporters there, you know, to write the kind of feel good fluff story about how the players are doing good things in the community and that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, that's not a good thing or, you know, that that's a bad thing by any means, you know, it's it's good for people to see that that kind of stuff and the Notre Dame players doing that kind of stuff. I don't have a problem with that, but I just really, you know, I think it's refreshing to see an event like this. There was no coordinated media exposure going into this. They're just out there to be there, not because somebody's going to see them be there. You know, what's what's the saying your true character shows when nobody's watching? Well, you know, here's here's Marcus Freeman Picking up bowling balls, helping kids roll the balls, and actually interacting with people, taking a picture or two with people, with people. No, no transactional expectations in return. And I think that's a big difference between this current regime and the old regime. Just the authenticity that you get. From Marcus Freeman to see him out there doing that kind of stuff because again if Brian Kelly when he was even at that events you know he'd maybe be walking around do his CEO stuff stand off to the side you know wouldn't have been picking up the bowling balls for special needs kids in wheelchairs and helping them roll them down the lane you know that's for the players to do but that's what Marcus Freeman was out there doing
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate
1: Again, I get it. A lot of people are over Brian Kelly, so am I. But again, the difference in the authenticity of the two is the difference in where the Notre Dame program is going right now. And as uh, as our old friend Drunk Vigo says, BK was always "What's in it for me, bro?" And that is exactly right. You know, he would just pound the table. Trades over talent. Marcus Freeman's out there getting commitments. You know, to come in more talent coming in. For Marcus Freeman, because Freeman connects with people because of that authenticity, not, you know, it's real, it's not contrived, it's not what's in it for me. You know, Brian Kelly's got that political background in him, and you know, that's how it always came across to me. It's, you know, like, when you're a politician, you're out there in front of people, you put on the show for the cameras, right? You know, you're kissing babies and all that kind of stuff. You know, you manicure your public perception. Marcus Freeman doesn't need to manicure and manufacture anything. He's just real. And you know, yesterday was another example of that. You know, and if my wife hadn't taken the pictures and I hadn't tweeted them, you might not even have known something like that even happened. Because again, there wasn't a lot of orchestrated, pre-planned. You know, there there was there was no "what's in it for me" for Marcus Freeman and uh, the the athletes out there. And again, I found it pretty telling that not just Marcus Freeman. But you've got leaders of the team like J.D. Bertrand, Tyler Buckner. They were out there as well, and a lot of other guys as well. And again, it wasn't just a football team. There were athletes from other other uh, teams out there from Notre Dame, but it, it was predominant to the football team, and, and Marcus Freeman was front and center out there. So it was a, a cool event. And again, like we didn't even know that any of these Notre Dame athletes were going to be there because the, the event was set up, Through a third party, the Rosie Place is one of them. It's, it's a, you know, again, it's another, it's a respite uh, place for special needs um, people in this area. And they were putting on this event and they just said, Hey, we're going to have a bowling event. It's going to be, you know, this Sunday morning from 10 until noon. And then you roll in and there's all these football players and Marcus Freeman and all these other athletes. So, you know, there was no, you know, publicity in advance of all that. You know, I think they probably did it that way so that. So that the fence you know, like moms and dads, you know, didn't say, Hey, grandma and grandpa or uncle Bob, or, you know, whoever it happened to be, the football team's going to be down there. You want to go get some autographs, that kind of stuff, because the whole play, it was, it was a private event reserved for this group. And again, the, the hats off to Marcus Freeman and, and uh, you know, his players and, and uh, all the other players from the different sports who were out there as well yesterday, really cool that they were able to do something like that. And again, it wasn't You know, if if you look on I I haven't been able to find anything else on social media, even social media, any other media on this. This was all just they were doing it to do it, not not out there to be seen doing it. No, what's in it for me by any means. So really cool. And, uh, you know, again, hats off. Kudos to to Marcus Freeman and all the athletes who showed up yesterday with basically nothing expected in return. I thought that was really cool. Speaking of uh, Brian Kelly. Did you see SEC media days started today? And he was the first coach up earlier today. And he was asked if he thinks that Notre Dame is going to join a conference. His response, quote, it's probably not been high on my list of things to think about. I've been trying to correct a slice for the last couple of weeks, and I haven't had much success with that, end quote. That's from from Brian Kelly. So golf it is for Brian Kelly. So much for shopping down a different aisle. He's just shopping remotely from the pro shop now. I guess, you know, Marcus Freeman's out there putting together either the the number one or number two ranked recruiting class in the country, depending on what day it happens to be. And Brian Kelly's working on his slice out there. You know, he's uh, he's recruiting more and more like Tyrone Willingham, I guess. But he was also Kelly was asked if uh, lopsided losses to Alabama motivated him to move to LSU, which, you know. Th- he said that was not part of my decision making. So I didn't I didn't get to to see all of his press conference. I wish I had hit record earlier so I could have recorded some of it. I did see him do an interview afterwards uh, with with some of the people on the SEC network. Not you know, it was pretty canned type stuff. Kelly was though asked about the possibility of Notre Dame joining a conference, and he said, "Quote." I would say that certainly Notre Dame is still a coveted university. Jack Swarbrick knows what he's doing. He's got his ear to the ground, end quote. So, um, and, you know, as, as far as the musical chairs on Notre Dame spot in the musical chairs, maybe they're better positioned than some. And, you know, I, you know, so again, nothing, nothing really earth shattering from Brian Kelly on whether Notre Dame will or won't, you know, join a conference, any of that stuff. Interesting report came out today from CBS Sports that um, Notre Dame is looking for $75 million in its next TV contract from NBC. And they are they're they're basically getting between 15 and 22 million dollars. I guess the, the contract that they currently have with NBC is backloaded, but that's what they're looking at right now. So they are shooting for 75 million dollars, which would still be not as much as the 100 million plus that members of the Big 10 or SEC are getting, but, you know, if you look at this there wasn't a whole lot of detail in it. But essentially, that's what Notre Dame is looking for. Um NBC wants to get more value out of what it's doing uh, with its with its Saturdays because they only still have Notre Dame right now. And so they're looking to add, you know, there's been the different reports and we've kind of talked about this before NBC looking there. They've been in talks with the big 10. Maybe that happens that they wouldn't necessarily have the full big 10 package, but they could have big 10 games. I think the price of that is obviously driving up, but now there's apparently more interest with the big 12 as well. So like you would have Notre Dame and maybe you've got a Notre Dame big 12 or big 10, type doubleheader going on on a Saturday. And when Notre Dame is playing road games and, and they don't have a Notre Dame game, maybe you know they're, they're showing a Big 12 or, or a Big 10 game, that kind of thing. So that would be, and they're looking at that, like they would apparently, according to this report, be more willing to get closer to that $75 million price tag that Notre Dame is still reportedly looking for because they would have more value, more overall value if they also had another Networks game games to go with it. So that's interesting. Well, I think we'll kind of touch on that more as, uh, as the week goes on tomorrow or Wednesday. But uh, interesting that that came out, that $75 million is reportedly the price that Notre Dame is looking for, which would be, you know, again, if they're around 15 million bucks right now, that's, that's uh, a big step up from what they are making right now. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey at the uh, SEC Media Days, he kind of did his state of the conference, press conference to start things off. He talked about college football changing and, and referenced the Bob Dylan song, you know, the times they are a changing and all that stuff. And here's the quote from Greg Sankey. It's never going to be the same, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, The way that it is, we're dealing with complex problems that won't be solved by complaints, accusations, finger pointing or simple solutions. What's needed now is collaboration, end quote. And the most interesting part of that comment, I thought, was kind of at the end where Sankey says what's needed now is collaboration, because with all the talk about, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten getting ready to take over college football, Sankey's still talking about collaboration. Right now, we've kind of talked about this here on this show, too. You know, And I can read into that comment whatever way. But at the end of the day, I don't think Sankey, I don't think it's it's good for anyone, including the SEC, for it to basically be like the SEC, the Big Ten, and everybody else, the way a lot of people think that it's pointing to right now. The SEC has already accounted for 12 of the last 15 national championships. So I'm not sure how much more they can get. But he goes on to say, quote, the Southeastern Conference is stronger now than at any point in our history. We are a super league. This is a super league, end quote. And it is a super league. But again, I don't think he wants it to be the only league, you know, because they've got Texas and Oklahoma coming in. So they'll have 16 teams when they join the league in a couple of years. And I'm sure that as much as he'd love You know, to have Notre Dame, he also doesn't want to see Notre Dame join the Big Ten. Again, something we've talked about here. So you got to work together. You got to collaborate, like he was talking about. Keep that path to the college football playoff open for Notre Dame, but also, you know, to get that college football playoff expansion. But it's also good for the SEC as well, because an expanded playoff means the SEC obviously gets more teams in. And that's why Jack Swarbrick and Greg Sankey were part of that committee that put together the 12 team. Expansion proposal last year. Do we get twelve? I don't know. I I think I've got to think that again with things lining up the way they're lining up right now, with all these teams going to either the Big Ten or the SEC, I've got to think that it's going to go to at least twelve. But again, conference commissioners, all these people have to vote on it, so that's still kind of a long. You know what? I don't know if it's a long way off, but it's it's. Again, we're we've got the, the 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 current plan that we've got through 2025, and that's also when Notre Dame's TV contract ends. I think that it's I think that it's going to be at least 12 by the by the time they they roll out a new college football playoff in 2026. And you know, again, we can kind of touch on that some more throughout the course of the week. We're at the All Star break for baseball, and you know. I know that doesn't move the – you know, baseball doesn't move the needle big time for a lot of people, but we've got the Notre Dame baseball coach coming up here in a minute. But Albert Pujols in the home run derby tonight, and you've got Pete Alonso going for his third straight derby title. And Alonzo is just crushing him. It's at Dodger Stadium in L.A. Pujols has the worst odds to make the final at plus 650. And, I mean, let's be honest, if you're not really a baseball fan – Really, the Vegas odds are all that matters, right? So here's the bracket for the Home Run Derby tonight. Cal Schwarber's is the top seed, 29 home runs going into the break, second most in baseball behind Aaron Judge, and he's going to face Pujols in the first round. Pujols only has six, but he's kind of in there. 42 year old, gonna you know gonna give it a shot in the Home Run Derby. His last time round, you know, so it'll be Schwarber and Pujols in the first round. Juan Soto and Jose Ramirez. That should be a good matchup. That's the four versus the five seed. Soto is the four seed. Ramirez from Cleveland is the five seed. Julio Rodriguez with 16 home runs going into the break. Corey Seager with 22. They are matched up in the first round. And then the seven seed versus the two, or the, you know, yeah, yeah. The seven seed, Ronald Acuna Jr. has eight home runs against Pete Alonso with his 24 home runs in the first round. So those are the first-round matchups of the Derby tonight. Here are some odds for tonight's Derby. Because, again, it's like I I found these as interesting as anything. You get plus 160 odds that there will be one 500-plus-foot home run hit in the Derby tonight. Plus 160. So not too bad odds on that. Um, minus one fifteen that Alonzo and Schwarber each win their first round matchup. I mean, that's you know minus one fifteen. I don't think I'd be. I don't. I just wouldn't want it because there's not enough value in it. Odds to win: Alonso's the favorite at plus one eighty five. Schwarber is the has the second best odds at plus two ninety. I like those odds a lot better. Uh, Alonzo has just crushed it in these home run derbies the last couple of times. He's shown that he. Can do it. Schwaber's really swinging it this year. I kind of, I kind of like him, especially with those plus two ninety. Soto has plus six hundred. Acuna has plus seven fifty. Rodriguez plus eight fifty. Seeger plus ten thousand odds to win it all. So that's kind of what you got if you're watching the Home Run Derby tonight. Those are some odds for the Derby and some of the first round matchups. As well, I'll probably watch for a little bit. I don't know exactly how long I'll watch. Better Call Saul's coming on later tonight. So it's like I love baseball, but you know, um, we're, we're, we're down to uh, uh, the final five episodes of Saul. So I, I'm going to be tuned in there one way or another tonight. But you got Schwarber and Pujols in the first round. I, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if Pujols can get out of the first round of the Home Run Derby tonight in Los Angeles. All right. So, promised you the interview, and we are, uh, what, not even one week, I guess, yeah, not even one week into the tenure of Sean Stifler, the new Notre Dame baseball coach. He was just introduced at his press conference last week. So, that is what we're going to do right now. We're going to shift gears and, and, uh, Full disclosure, I talked to Sean earlier today. We usually pre-record the interviews when we can but, you know, because we try to accommodate the schedules of, of our guests and stuff like that. So we'll jump over to Sean Stifler. I was with him earlier today. Well, we are glad to welcome to the show today the new Notre Dame baseball coach, Sean Stifler. Coach, uh, thanks for taking some time. I imagine uh, you've your days are pretty busy right now, huh?
2: Yeah, no question, you know, just trying to get ourselves organized and and get to work on, um, you know, getting back on campus. That's the big thing. I want to get I want to get boots on the ground, but trying to uh, assemble staff, trying to speak to all the current members of the roster, the incoming players, the the 23s and 24 recruits. And then you had the major league draft going on right now.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Several guys are involved in that and just trying to get a feel for Uh, How I can support that? You know, I know I'm kind of late to the party on some of this stuff, but uh, but want to be support for those guys as well. So it's you know all good things, but you know certainly I wish there was a a few more hours in the day.
1: Well, I would I would imagine that just this last week, you know, you're back in Virginia right now, you know, trying to take care of some things there, but. I would imagine it's been quite a bit of a whirlwind for you, hasn't it? Just kind of here and there and, and everywhere and just kind of what you touched on right there, all the phone calls you've got to make and everything else.
2: Absolutely. I, You know, just from, you know, really when when Jody Sadler and I first had to talk about the opportunity at Notre Dame, things have moved so quickly since then. You know and within within a week and a half to two weeks you're you're at a press conference you know with your family and you're trying to find a new place to live and trying to learn a whole new roster and and, and trying to make new relationships and, and so it's been uh it's been really rewarding everyone has been as wonderful as advertised what a community south bend is and, and the in the university of notre dame is but but yeah certainly certainly you feel you know you you're kind of torn you know between being dad buying a house finding a school (laughs) setting a roster you know trying to still clean some things up at vcu you know i'm an employee still at vcu so trying to clean that up so there's still a lot of things that uh that have to be cleaned up but we're working through it
1: well you you talked the other day about you get that phone call the south end area code and what what kind of what kind of thought when you're sitting there and then all of a sudden they're going call from notre dame you know you just
2: you, you just try to try to reflect on you know really the reason why you would want to explore this community why you leave vcu why you'd want to take on the challenge of notre dame and then you, then you're trying to you know make sure that the person on the other line of the call understands why that's important to you as well Right. You know, you know, like I said, you know, I, I had gotten a text message the night before about the possibility of speaking. And then when when Jody reached out and, and that conversation was as comfortable as could be, she did such a wonderful job of making me feel comfortable and really keeping things um, at, at a level where it was really about the person, which made me understand very quickly that they were looking uh, that everything about Notre Dame is about fit and and finding the right person, coach, Educator and so that made me feel much more comfortable um from the start. They did a great job in that process. But uh yeah, like I said, when that phone when that phone rang, you take a deep breath before you say hello.
1: Well, and it was obvious listening to you at your press conference the other day, just you know, how much Notre Dame means to you. You talked about growing up in western Pennsylvania and and you know watching Ron Paulus run around and all that stuff, and then lo and behold, there's Ron Paulus at the press conference and (laughs) you know Marcus Freeman too you're a head coach obviously but is it kind of a little surreal when when you know to have those kind of moments like that right out of the gate well yeah and you talk about you know sticking your foot in your
2: mouth right out of the gate <laughs> you know, and, and, you know with, with, with with Ron Paulus but I do remember him and he was such a great player from the state of Pennsylvania and I remember him going to Notre Dame and, and that was you know to have him there was he he was he's awesome he came up and high-fived me right away so he he was awesome but then then for Coach Freeman to, to be there really, um, that really meant something to me. I know how busy he is. I know how in much demand he is. And it's it's unbelievable. After he said congratulations to me, the first thing he said is, where's your family? How can I meet them? And I thought that was uh, just said a lot about who he is. And, of course, you know, he has a, a big family himself. And so just said a lot about him. And, and he, he made himself so available to us. And told me you know, anything you that, that I'd want to talk about. And of course, who who else's mind would you want to pick other than his? I mean, he he has made what looks like recruiting easy over the last year over the last several months. Um, but certainly want to get, you know, get in contact with him and and, and use him as a resource. I know how busy they're gonna be, but to have him there to be able to shake his hand and then have every all the other coaches come up and say hello, you can really get the uh, idea of this. It is a family there, and that was one yep. of the things that really made uh, made the decision much easier for me.
1: Absolutely. And you, you mentioned someone else in your press conference who had uh, a connection that you kind of leaned on a little bit through this process, Brian O'Connor, who was, of course, back in the pulmonary days when they went to the College World Series in 2002. He was you know, the pitching coach here at Notre Dame. He's been at Virginia for – it's hard to believe it's been on going on 20 years now at this point, but you've obviously – Gone head-to-head with with Virginia. You've got to know Brian O'Connor out there. I, I, and it, it's also obvious that, you know, he's got a lot of love for this. I saw him out in in Omaha this time around yeah. and talked to him a little bit. Still got, you know, some love for Notre Dame. And what's, what's maybe the most important thing that, that Brian O'Connor you know, told you and imparted on you when you were talking with him about this?
2: Really, you know, for me, it was, you know, him reiterating how special a place it was. That his family that that in many ways he still feels like at times it's home many of his long lifelong, lifelong friends are still in south bend and so how he you let me know how wonderful the people were how much my family how much my family would love it here he let me know how special the place is uh and then then he just kind of felt like that i was a good fit for it he just he he just you know was pre added to me that that a lot of the things and 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 values that I have and the things that I find important in the program would fit at Notre Dame. And he felt like that I should really, really consider it and, and felt like it would be a really good match for me, my family, and for the style of program I wanted to run. And and so that meant a lot to me, to be quite honest with you. You know, I mean he's somebody whose program I've I've looked up to. I mean, he changed baseball in the state of Virginia, to be honest with you. When, when yeah. He, You know, when when UVA got here, the way that they went about things made the rest of us have to have to get better quick, to be quite honest with you, if we wanted to keep up and not sure we still are. But but, you know, I just just really respect Coach O'Connor, the way he goes about things, the way he the way he leads his teams, leads his staff. And so he gave me a lot of confidence in my conversation. I'm not going to, you know, reveal everything we talked about, but he gave me a lot of confidence in 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 this being the right job for me. And then I got to be honest with you ary sent me a text message after the press conference that was um, really a beautiful, some beautiful words and and again reassured me how special the place is and and you know you know and, and you know how important the job is and how important the brand is and how how wonderful it is to represent the brand in, in the university and that really meant a lot to me as well so uh, you know both those guys have, have really been on board I don't know Paul nearly as well as I know Brian we haven't crossed paths um, but certainly uh, certainly coach O'Connor and, and pulmonary set the, the benchmark pretty high here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you'll, you'll find out as your time goes on what an asset pulmonary can be. I'm sure just the fact that you've already got that text from him, I think says a lot right there. And you, you just, you know, you talk about how Brian O'Connor kind of changed baseball in, in the state of Virginia. And between between your playing days at, at George Mason and then obviously coaching there and and coaching at Virginia Commonwealth, you've been in that area for a long time. You've played a lot of those ACCs, including Virginia. Some of those head-to-heads, you know, with with Virginia and some of these other ACC schools. Does that does that kind of does the familiarity that you have kind of does it help you now as as you make this step into the ACC?
2: I, I don't know if anything will ever get you comfortable and ready to play (laughs) that schedule you know it's uh you know it's it's very daunting when you look at as i was looking at the 23 schedule and you see those you know those 10 those 10 weekends lined up you're thinking oh boy what did i get myself into gotta look uh, different yeah that's right but certainly you know being in in the virginia north carolina the mid-atlantic region you do run into you know whether it's uva chapel hill duke um, nc state you know you run into them recruiting virginia tech and you also run into them on your schedule and, and that had always been a goal of mine at vcu was to schedule those types of teams in our midweeks um in our non-conference you know to put the to put our team in position to to one have a have an ncaa schedule but also you knew that you were probably if you're going to make the ncaa one of those teams are going to host you probably yeah and so, to be in those venues, to be in front of those crowds was always important to me. And and so I do feel like I understand the league. I do understand the coaches and and, and have relationships with many of them. So I do feel like I am prepared from that standpoint. But you know, like I said, when you look at that schedule and, and and think about thirty games against that type of competition, it is it can be daunting at times. And and so we'll really have to break this down to, you know, the old cliche, one game at a time, one pitch yeah. at a time. But but if I, if I get my head looking beyond anything in this league, we're going to uh, – you can get your butt kicked quick.
1: Yeah, well, fortunately you've got a few months, several months before those first games actually come around. But uh, I guess you kind of had uh, your, a good opening weekend this past weekend, it sounds like, you know, just in terms of you talked about reaching out to players and stuff like that. You kind of had your, your first win without ever having to step on the field. Jack Findley, uh, has decided to you know pull his name out of the transfer portal and and stay here at Notre Dame. So I guess you know some thoughts on that, and maybe you know whatever you can you know reveal about maybe what you and Jack talked about after you got to talk to him for the first time.
2: You know, and, and really, Jack was always very committed to Notre Dame. He, he he was this this was where he wanted to be. He understands how special of a place the University of Notre Dame is. He understands how how important that degree is, the education is, and how life-changing it can be. And he was very happy, loves his teammates, loves loves what we still have left to do in the program. Just wanted to know who the head coach was going to be. You know, he he just wanted to know what the next steps of the program was going to be and and how that was going to impact his development. And so it was really just, just getting on the phone with him and his family and, and reiterating a lot of our core values that were important to us, not only from a team standpoint, <coughs> excuse me, but from but from a pitching development standpoint, and you know my background is in pitching, so I felt very comfortable having those conversations. And we laid out for him really our step by step process that we that we go through when it comes to how we want to develop pitchers and how we want to use that to help us win games and win championships. Um, and, and his family was his family was great about it. They they were they were great about it. I think it was just the unknown. And like I said, he never wavered, and his teammates never wavered wanting him to get back here as quickly as possible you know i mean it was very obvious to me what an important piece he is not only on the field but in the locker room and 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 around the university and so um it was great you know like i said i was i was looking for a house i was looking for a house when 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 he took when he called when he called me i was going through a house i ran outside took the (laughs) call he he called me and i said well now i'm buying this house and i bought that house <laughs> uh, <laughs> my lucky house
1: can't yeah, move just, that
2: yeah, one. <laughs> my wife, well, we're done, wrap it up because, um, <laughs> this, this is good luck here. So, um, he's, uh, you know, awesome, awesome family, awesome young man. Obviously, going to be a huge piece to, to what we're doing moving forward. And I'm excited to work with him.
1: Well, you, whether it's him or there are other guys in the portal, obviously, too. And you're talking to all these guys as much as you can, but you're a new head coach and you're essentially thrust into this situation now how challenging you know can it be when you don't have a previous relationship with these guys and and you're you're, you're quite you know it's almost like speed dating it seems like it's like you know you sit down and so, you know you give them your your sales pitch and here's what i'm all about how challenging is that
2: it's extremely challenging but the most difficult part right now because you can't give yourself you can't give as much time as you'd like to every every person and to be honest with you I'm still probably not fully through the list, maybe fully through the list on text messaging and different things like that. But, you know, we do have some guys, like I said, guys who have entered the portal more so because of the draft. You know, more so because of the draft and, and the help they're they're planning on signing. But you also have the 23s and, and the 24s who you can't contact, can't contact you and and try to try to locate where they are. Um, but you know, as far as the message goes, you just have to you just have to reiterate that the reasons the 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 major reasons why they chose the University of Notre Dame the experience the education the life changing degree and championship style baseball has not changed right. that piece has not changed and i'm not here to change that i'm here to be a to be a resource for them i'm here to be an asset to them um and then you just you know you just got to be yourself you know be yourself on the phone and and let them know that you you genuinely care about them and i'm smart enough to understand the job that the previous staff did and that they were planning on being here for a long time and so the recruits the the players the development that they had uh, that they were that they were doing you know is really good and so those players on the other line of that phone are really good and so there's no reason for me to come in here and be like oh we're going to reevaluate everything and, and make sure everything is you know that you're a player that's good enough I, I'm I'm pretty trusting and, and you know enough from from national rankings and and you can do enough research to know that these guys are the type of men and, and players that we wanted that we wanted Notre Dame and so you know really for me it's it's just continue to plug through this this call list and continue to let guys know I'm here for them uh, call me anytime you have my number um, but it's hard to keep up when you get these area codes and numbers coming up. <laughs> and you don't know who they are, and and Not you know sure. you, you just drive, just driving to the grocery store the other day. You you stop, and there's 25 tax in the, in the five minute drive, and you're trying to trying to get back to them. But that's that's part of the job, you know. And building those relationships is my favorite part of the job. So yeah. you know, really, that that piece just comes with with the scenario right now.
1: Yeah, such a big part of it. Obviously, you know, you were able to looks add some more arms out of the transfer portal as well. I don't know if, you know, things, you know, T's are crossed and I's are dotted. If what what you're allowed to say, are, can you, can you talk about those guys at all?
2: Well, you know, a couple of them were here already in, in were, were recruited by the former staff and got okay. in the master's program prior to me, to me getting the job. So it was more about me just, again, getting, you know, you know, Healy and Bosch and those guys were more about me getting in contact with them and just being like, hey, let's reaffirm. go, we're ready to go, man, yeah, reaffirming everything. We are continuously working in that transfer portal. And, and from the grad standpoint, would like to add another piece or two. Because, again, I think the draft is going to hit us. You know, you know, it hit us last night in the first rounder in Owen Murphy. Right. You know, and so, um, so I think the draft is going to impact us more. And, and Notre Dame has been an older team for the last, Two years with with a decent amount of grad transfers, you know. So everyone we lose is is playing a big part right now, and so we just want to make sure that those guys understand that we are we are we got to still keep recruiting and we got to keep, you know, it's not an easy place to, to to find transfers that fit, but there are still some good ones out there and some options, and we're working on that right now.
1: Healy from David, both of them right-handers. Healy from Davidson and Bosch from Georgetown, but Healy, obviously, you saw in the conference out there in, in the AT in, in the A10. So it looks like uh, it looks like a pretty good one to, yeah. uh, to be coming in here for you.
2: You know, both him and Bosch are both really good ones. And, and um, you know, Healy, of course, I you know, I'm, I'm tired of him beating up on us. Uh, <laughs> you know, but no, he's he is a, you know, low to mid nineties fastball guy with a ton of run and, and as good of a sliders there probably is in the country. And so he'll have an impact right away. Um, on what we're on what we're trying to do so yeah, excited about all those guys excited about you know you know we have a good set of grad guys returning um, very it was very obvious to me from the returning players they didn't feel like they were done that they're ready to, to continue to keep this thing moving forward continue to push it and so um excited to excited to get the opportunity to work with them.
1: Yeah, You were talking about the portal and between that in the extra year of COVID eligibility, you know, these things that just the way things have changed in the last few years, how much has that really kind of changed your job the last couple of years, the way you have to do things?
2: Yeah. I mean, it certainly has. And I think that's, that's relative to where you are and Notre Dame is a, is unique to that. And I think one of the things that will always help Notre Dame is just the the experience that the student athlete is going to get. everyone who's at notre dame understands it's it's more than just the baseball side of it there you know obviously that that's a big piece but but the education piece the experience piece what it means to to have that degree as you move throughout your work life and and, and you know and, and move into move into employment i just think that a lot of those kids understand that this is where they need to be That this is this is the best opportunity and then on the flip side, it's not going to be as easy for us to access portal guys, transfer guys, as maybe a lot of other schools. So it, it will not be the most p- critical part of our recruiting. It'll uh, we will still recruit high school players, the best in the country, the best student athletes in the country, and that will be the backbone of the program moving forward.
1: You were talking pitching. Obviously, is such a big part of your background. You were a pitcher in college and, and a pitching coach before you became a head coach is there like when you look at pitchers specifically certain characteristics maybe you're looking for when you're when you're going out looking for a guy well
2: number one is athleticism you know that you know we like to recruit athletes um for certain especially you know you know on the mound as well um looking for athletic guys athletic guys can repeat their their delivery guys who can repeat their delivery throw more strikes and i said in the press conference i'm a big believer in strikes uh, I I understand the analytics. Uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm up to speed enough on the analytics that I can talk about it. Um, but at the same time, I still believe in strikes, especially at the at the amateur level. I think you have to be able to to command the zone and force the other team to do something to to beat you. So, athleticism, looking for strikes, and then you know the the last piece, the well, two last pieces, competitiveness, which is the hardest thing to figure out today. Right, because you just don't. You just don't get the opportunity to see the guys in those settings as much as you used to be able to. And uh competitiveness and then and then but but I also believe that if you've done the things academically and have taken on the rigors it takes to to go to a place like Notre Dame, you're pretty competitive. Like you're pretty focused, you're a pretty competitive person. Uh and then and then the last piece for me is the breaking ball. You know, we're we're gonna look for guys that you know certainly are gonna be able to match what they can do with their fastball command with that breaking ball as well. I think that's a separator, you know, at this level.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: You were talking the other day about when it comes to your lineup, you don't want people to know the difference between the top and bottom of your lineup. And, and I guess I've never really heard it maybe expressed that way, but, you know, it makes sense obviously how would you maybe kind of describe your your overall offensive approach that you guys that that you've traditionally had
2: yeah you know I I think it starts it starts with uh, like I said a little bit you got to get to second base somehow all right you know you have to be able you either have to slug your way to second base or you have to be able to run your way to second base yeah you got to be able to get to second base and so that's the first thing I think in the recruiting process is how does this guy get to second base okay and and you know for there, you're looking for athletes that can do multiple things. I don't ever want to lose a game because we only had seven hits or we only had five hits. Uh, you know, on the days we're not hitting, we still need to go to this offense.
0: And I
1: think
2: offense and hitting are two different things. Uh, the ability to take extra bases, the ability to take the free base when it's given to you, whether it's through a walk, an error, a hit-by-pitch, your ability to pressure the other team. I, I call it lengthening and shortening the field. You know, we want guys who can force the force the infield to play deep, and when they do, we're going to bunt on them. And you know, and, and we want to be able to have enough guys in our lineup who can run that the the pitcher's worried about doing multiple things on the mound as opposed to just getting a guy out. And when the pitcher makes those mistakes, we want guys in the lineup to hit them in the gap. And so, uh, you know, so we're we're really looking for that versatile guy. But it does it does start with them being able to understand and having the baseball IQ control their at-bats know what they're looking for get good pitches control the zone um, and and really be able to create offense on days when we're not just hitting i think it's unrealistic in the acc to think you're just going to hit your way to first place right i I don't think you can do that you have to be able to score against these arms in in a variety of different ways and that's what to be honest with you notre dame has done the last couple last couple years um, and is a style that I've always, that I've always enjoyed as well, so, and we played a very big ballpark here at, when I was at VCU, um, so we had to get, we had to, we had to be creative, we had to do those things, now again, I like home runs, and I like doubles, so we're not going away, from that <laughs> style. But, but just that versatility, like I said, I want to, I want to have the type of athletes that when you come to the ballpark, you know, that, that the ball doesn't have a in the middle doesn't have think i want to be able to to create something every inning if we can
1: yeah i mean you'll see it soon enough depending on which direction the wind's blowing there at x stadium that you know your 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 offense keeps you consistent that's yeah, that's that's for sure that's for sure uh you know you were you touched on your staff off the top and i just got just a couple more questions here and i'll i'll let you get going but you, do you feel like breaking any news or you know are you are you, are, you, are you close to uh are you close to being able to uh I know Rich Witten from your staff there at VCU. You know, got a got a head coaching job. So yeah. I, I'm sure that kind of maybe, you know, changes things a little bit for you in in terms of sure. who you might have had.
2: Sure, and Rich probably would have been the maybe the leading candidate at VCU had I left as well. You yeah, know, that makes so, sense. Yeah. You know, he's going to do great things at, at FIU. Um, I'm close. I'm working through it and you know you have background checks you have things you know these guys are at other schools they have they have recruits you know you want to do it you want to do it right you want people to be able to in in the world of social media an example of that before you're able to tell people the way you want to be able to tell them and and so um we're working through it and and the jobs are being posted as we speak and and so hopefully I'm, i'm hoping by the end of this week to have have two guys that we can. And we can call our assistant coaches and then sports staff as well
1: all right sounds good final thing yeah, 1999 real quick your yes. college at george yes. mason the movie american pie is released <laughs> has your life has your life been forever changed since american pie came Well, out? You,
2: know, you know sean we're getting to the point now where the current student athlete has no idea about those movies that's how that's how old that, <laughs> that's, that's how old I'm getting is is that's that true. you know but you know for the first uh for the first couple years you know you would make a call to a recruit and you'd be, and, they, and they would be like what <laughs> that's all, you know and uh, so it, it was uh you know showing my id at the airport showing my id
0: you
2: uh-huh. get this you would get the second the second look but uh no and obviously that came back out when when i was introduced i saw all the it's stifler time memes and th- and things like that so um you know it, i remember seeing that movie for the first time knew nothing about it and saw it with some friends and you know for one of the first lines is according to stifler's house tonight that's you know, right room, just like, what <laughs> <You> know, <it's, laughs> um but but yeah no it's uh it's a you know Infamous, I guess, would be the the right word, right? So that's
1: right. The amount of Stifler references we've had just talking about you, you know, over the last couple of weeks it's it's uh, there there been it's a few. There been a few. That's right. It's
2: my it's my generation's Animal House.
1: There you go. That's right. <laughs> Sean Stifler, the uh, brand new head coach at the University of Notre Dame. Hey, congratulations again Thanks. on uh, on this position, and I know everyone's excited to uh, to see your guys. In action once the season gets started out there so uh good luck to you and your family and we'll see you out there soon
2: thanks sean go irish
1: all right so i had to unmute myself here real quick i've made that mistake before and uh, not unmuted myself so that is that is the uh, new head coach of notre dame baseball sean stiller and um you know again couldn't talk officially about who the assistants on his staff are going to be. There's a report out from Kendall Rogers from D1Baseball.com today that uh, looks like he's going to be bringing his pitching coach with him here to Notre Dame. So i uh, look forward to that kind of seeing what the rest of the staff looks like as well. Uh, you know, so uh, a lot of different stuff going on. I think the biggest thing, they were able to get Jack Findley to stay, he was able to get Jack Findley to stay the freshman All-American, the lefty, and you would look for Findley to be probably right up there, you know, in front of the rotation type guy, or at least a weekend starter next year. And you know, depending on how closely you follow college baseball, midweek games typically refer like if you say it's a midweek game, you're referring to a non-conference game that's taking place typically uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Sometimes by the time you get into ACC play, you're not playing too many Thursday games. But then your weekend starters, your Friday guy is your ace, and then Saturday and Sunday. So we'll look for, for Finley to definitely uh, most likely be a weekend guy next year after the kind of year that he had this year as a freshman. And, you know, like Aaron Heilman, for example, was uh, Palmineri's closer his freshman year, and then he was just a workhorse starter for the next three years, uh, you know, before he was drafted by the New York Mets in the first round, ultimately. So uh, best of luck to, uh, to Sean Stiffler and, and a good sport for, uh, you know, playing along with the American Pie reference as well. Because, as you know, uh, a lot of people have, uh, you know, again, a lot of uh, Stiffler references and American Pie references that we've had since Sean Stiffler became the head coach. But a lot of great insight from him on uh, a lot of different stuff there as he's taken over just uh, within the last week at Notre Dame. So that's going to do it for today. Great to have you with us here today. Don't forget, like, subscribe, rate us, comment, and all that good stuff on uh, your different podcast platforms. Great to have you. We'll get into uh, some more Notre Dame football discussion on tomorrow's show. And I've got another baseball interview coming later in the week. I've got uh, one of the pitchers uh, from Notre Dame's 2002 College World Series team, Chris Niesel, is going to be joining me later in the week as well. So looking forward to that. And uh, thanks again for stopping by. Today, again, a little bit different today, but glad to have you with us for the show today. And we will talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation Sports Talk.